right, it's uh, another beautiful day in the world of tennis. We are out of the off season and we are rolling right now. Um, it's January. Um, what's happening right now? What's happening in your world? Just uh, soccer right now. Good old soccer season. Yes. Um, it's your boy Jay, Mark Figueroa, clearly in the building right now. Um, ATP Cup is happening. Melbourne is happening. A lot is happening on the tour, and there's a lot of news. Yes. Juicy news. You know, the good kind of stuff. Um, what's been going on, man? We're going to start with the WTA news. Uh, Simona Halep won a tournament, and uh, Darren Cahill and her split. So, <clears throat> just wanted to put that up because Amanda Anasimova, she's been struggling since uh, the death of her dad, which is... It's explainable, mm-hmm. but she just won a tournament, a warm-up tournament as well, mm-hmm. and she has Darren Cahill as her interim coach. Mm-hmm. Now, with her winning the tournament, uh, there is a possibility that Cahill can coach Anna Samova into the Australian Open. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Darren Cahill can make a big difference in Anna Samova's game? Uh, I'm not a super Anna Samova fan, but uh, if there's ever a time for it to happen, I think that he's someone who's capable of making it happen. Um, it's going to depend a lot on her draw. That's that's my guess. She's she, what? Do you know what her ranking is right now? Is she going to qualify automatically? Yes. Yeah. So if she can get a decent draw, I think that uh, this would be a good year for her to have a nice breakthrough. Yes. Uh, uh, her best run was in 2019. When mm. she made it to the semifinals of the French Open, and right. ever since then she's been on a downtrend, but mm-hmm. she's now getting a little bit of rhythm back. So yeah, clean slate right now. Let's yeah. do it. So we'll see what happens. Moving on, <clears throat> Nadal breaks record. Now he just broke Federer's record. This is the 19th consecutive year where Nadal has won at least one title, and this is this is crazy. He has not won a title since he won the Australian Open in 2009. So he just won a tournament this year. Mm-hmm. And this is the first title since 2009. Wait, who? Nadal. Wait, what do you mean? So Nadal broke Federer's record yeah. for the longest streak. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, with one title in a year. Mm-hmm. And then he did it by winning a title in Australia and he hasn't won one since 09. In Australia. In Australia. Okay, that's what you're saying. Okay. So, <clears throat> yeah, what are your Nadal. thoughts on Rafael Nadal? Just the longevity. Um, it's oh, funny man. that he struggles down under, but also, yeah, his longevity is insane. If you would have asked me out of the big three who was going to come up short the soonest, he would have been my guest. So, you know, I want to give him a lot of credit and respect for that. So, he looks great right now. Oh, yeah. He looks really good. For sure. And, uh, He's always struggled because he's always had, uh, he's been injured in the beginning of the year. Always. Always. Yeah. And in Australia is where he's retired the most. Yeah. So I'm shocked about it, but at the same time, good for him. Mm -hmm. So moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about the ATP Cup. Mm -hmm. Now, Team Canada, Team Canada won. Mm hmm. They lost their first match to the United States, mm-hmm. and they came back, mm-hmm. and they were down 0-2 to Spain, 
And then uh, uh, Shavavalov beat um, Batista. No, not Batista. Uh, Karina Busta. Karina. Uh, uh, Ali Asim beat uh, Batista Agut mm-hmm. to come back. Right. What are your thoughts on Team Canada winning the ATP Cup? So, these are t- these two young Canadian guys, Felix and uh, Dennis Chapo. They're both those young rookies that I really want to see do great things. And I think they're both special athletes. But it feels like every year it's like an almost thing. Almost. Almost. And they always come up short. So, it. I hope that this is a major confidence booster for both of them to build momentum going into this coming year. Because they both have incredible game. Um, they were hitting insane shots. They played good doubles together. They they earned it. And they carried Canada. The two of them. You know. So it's beautiful to see them kind of doing what we were hoping Milos Raonic was going to be able to accomplish for Canada. And it's crazy that two of them showed up at once to make it happen. So do you have a favorite between the two of them? I honestly like Ali Asim a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Shapovalov's uh, backhand return is still a little weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a little flashier mm-hmm. than Ali Asim. Yeah. But Ali Asim to me has more weaponry than Shapovalov. He's very clean. He's yes. very polished. So that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. How about you? Who do you got? Well, Ali Asim looks like my relative, so I have to pick him. <laughs> um, that's my little brother. And. It's funny to me because it seems like Ali Asim is absolutely crushing the ball. And sometimes it just doesn't seem like it travels as fast as I want it to, you know? You know how you see some guys like the Burdiches out there who get that easy pop and power? It seems like Ali Asim's putting everything in his life into some of these strokes and the ball comes back. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of Djokovic a little bit. You know, a lot of hip rotation, very big uh, wingspan on the swing, and then the ball, you know, it travels at moderate pace. Yes. You know, so I find that really interesting because I think he has a good long build, more like a quarter or something. You would think he'd get a lot more pop on it, but it's not there, I guess. So um, I'm pretty sure I, I said it correctly, but I'm just going to say it just in case I said it wrong. Mm-hmm. Nadal has 19 uh, seasons with at least one title. Yeah, you did say it right. Okay. Yeah. And then he has 89 total titles in his career. Wow. So wow. that's uh, Nadal. Uh, did you see that other stat where it was um, the only two players to have like 19 straight years where they're in a final, and it was him and Gail Monfi? Yeah. Yeah. And he, he just won a title as well. Yeah. They both had that uh, record, and I was like, man, good old Gail Monfi. Yeah, he's just around. If he, if he could just have a slam, yes. he'd probably be an easy Hall of Fame candidate. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Now moving on to a little bit of Sissy Pass news. Mm. <clears throat> He's been saying that he's still struggling with his elbow. Mm. And once he lost in ATP Cup, he said that he had problems bending the elbow and that he didn't know if he was going to be completely ready to play at the Australian Open. Mm -hmm. He said that it took a couple of days for him to feel okay again at the elbow. Mm -hmm. With him saying that, are you concerned for Stefanos at the Australian Open? Absolutely. Um, whether this is a severe injury or it's mental, you know, this is this is something that can you can't afford to have that in your mind when you're going against Djokovic. You know, if Djokovic is going to be at the Australian Open, which we'll get to that in a bit, those type of people will eat you alive. So for his own sake, if he plans on showing up to Australia, I hope his elbow is not on his mind when he gets there. 
Otherwise, he's going to have a really hard time making it deep there. So, Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he should be okay, but he's going to have to pace himself somehow. Yeah. And I honestly don't know how he's going to do that. I, there's, You don't have a choice. You know? Yeah. It's a it's, war there. Especially one day on, one day off. Mm-hmm. That's all he's going to get. But yeah, he's in trouble. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Moving on, Zverev makes a bold statement. Now, this is an interesting one. He said that there is a new big three in town. Mm. It's Djokovic, Medvedev, and Zverev. <laughs> he said that they're going to own this year, mm-hmm. leaving out Sissipas mm-hmm. and Rafael Nadal. Oh. What are your thoughts on Zverev's bold claim? Zverev is crazy. <laughs> Zverev, I want you to say that in the first round of the French Open. I want you to feel that bold at the French Open. You are not in the top two choices. You're not in the top three choices for me at the French Open. Thus, you cannot say you're the big three. You know, the when there was a big three, they were your top three picks at every slam all year. All three, all four slams. They were the top choices. Zverev, you are not a top three choice for all four slams. I don't think you're anyone's number one choice for any slams. I don't think you have the leverage yet to say these things. You want to you throw your weight around on me with the World Tour Finals? I'll give you that. You know, you want to say you're the big three at the World Tour Finals? You deserve that. You're not my favorite at the Australian. You're not my favorite at Wimbledon. You're not my favorite at the French. You could talk a little trash with the U.S. Open, but even then, you know, you got a few guys ahead of you. So Now, Sissy Pass was asked that question because right now a lot of people are preferring Sissy Pass over Zverev, especially with his tournament results. Mm-hmm. Yes, not at the Olympics, right. not at the year-ending tournament. Mm-hmm. And Sissy Pass, Sissy Pass said, I just let my playing do the talking. Exactly. Do you think that Sissy Pass is a favorite over Zverev? You know, uh, Sissipas has shown he does a little bit better in very, very tough mental situations than Zverev does. Now, is he a little gimmicky, a little cheatery, a little a little weird the way he finds his solutions? For sure. But he's scrappy, and um, I believe more in Sissipas in the immediate future in tough situations. In the long term, I do think Zverev will have a better career than Sissipas will. Um, Zverev seems to be doing it the right way, paying his dues, learning to get through the tough situations on his own. And that's something Sissy Pod doesn't seem like he's willing to do. So I'm, I will give it to Zverev. I do think one day he will be in that big three. It's not today. Now, Sissy Pass, this is his time. Yeah. He's made it deep in Australia. Mm-hmm. He's made it deep at the French Open. Yeah. So the beginning of the year is Sissy Pass time. It is. So... He's if a that threat. elbow doesn't work, you know, there's a problem. Yeah. I mean, my big three right now is Djokovic, Nadal, Medvedev. Done. Honoré mentioned to old Dominic team. You know, that's a threat. He's scary. He's the guy, if you're a Nadal fan, you're a little scared at the French Open if Dominic team's in your draw. Um, Dominic team's a threat out of Australia sometimes. Dominic team is a beast. Yes. Um, these guys don't put that fear and doubt in me. You know, like... A 100% healthy Nadal, I'm not worried about those guys. 100% healthy Djokovic, I'm not worried about these young guys. 
So you can't throw that title out there like that to me when your your uh, opportunity of winning is based on their condition. What you know? It sh- you we should not be worried about how Djokovic is feeling to determine if you can win or not. It should simply be: Are you healthy? You should win. Now, uh, let me put a, a, a little bit of a, a seed of doubt. Okay. Sissy Pass did take uh, Djokovic two years in a row to five sets. Did he win either at the, one? At the French Open. Did he win either one, though? No, but okay. he is taking him deep. I do in, think he's into, a good player. So, is he still in there? He's Would he be second honorable mention? Second honorable mention, yeah. Yeah, I'll give so him that. So, over Zverev. He's, he's, the, he's in gatekeeper territory right now. He's okay. Davidenko, Burdich, you know, Ferrer. He's in that right now. He needs to transcend that, you know, because he's still not even past Murray level, you know, or Warinka level. He hasn't even done that. So he's so got work to do. So the question's going to be, is he better than Zverev right now? You said yes? Healthy, yes. Okay. Healthy, yes. Okay. I'm going to give him that. I'm for sure putting Sissy Pass over Zverev right now. If he's healthy. Even with his shenanigans. Well, sure. the shenanigans are part of how he wins. He's got to use them. <laughs> so I'm going to give him that. Uh, moving on to the last topic, which is the juicy one. Uh-oh. Uh, Djokovic news. Now, before we get the players' reactions, I'm going to set a little timeline. And then we'll talk about it step by step. Let's do it. So, first off, the Australian Open, the Tennis Australia, Greg Tilly, mm-hmm. told Djokovic that he could come to the Australian Open mm-hmm. if he had COVID within the last six months. Then he goes and gets detained by the government and put into a hotel where mm-hmm. he can't leave. Right. What are your thoughts on the handling between Tennis Australia and the government? So Djokovic was invited by Tennis Australia to come to the Australian Open. Correct. Right? Um, it, I'd be under the assumption that a non-vaccinated Djokovic was going to get quarantined in a hotel. That's a given, in my opinion. Um, so, so far from what you've said, just saying that, okay. He's in a hotel. Cool. Um, what happens next? Like, Because obviously some issues arise. Right. Um, what, what's the issue with the hotel? What's, what's so bad about that? Well, he was detained and wasn't allowed to leave. They were actually going to uh, send him back mm. and... They wanted to extend the hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a judge told them, no, we're going to hear it on Monday, Australian time. They wanted to extend it until Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But the problem here is Greg Tilly. Mm-hmm. He didn't um, let the government know. Mm-hmm. So there was a miscommunication right there. Mm-hmm. And that messed everything up. Mm-hmm. So Tennis Australia... There was no communication. That's on them for what happened to Djokovic. Right. In my opinion. They mishandled an athlete. Yes. Yeah. And then he got detained for hours and hours. He got questioned for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. Now, here comes the... I'm going to skip a couple parts because today it was just released that he falsified a couple of information Mm. in order to get the exemption. Uh Uh-oh. So... He said that he was he got the COVID on December 16th, mm-hmm. but he was seen 
traveling mm. in Spain, in Belgrade, mm. no masks. And then in the questionnaire, they asked, have you traveled? He said no, but there was proof that he did travel. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? You, you can't afford to make those little mistakes or tell those little white lies when you're the biggest tennis player on the planet because you're under a magnifying glass, you know? Um, that's a mistake on Djokovic's part, you know? Being honest probably would have got him where he wanted to be right now. So he screwed up there. So there is a possibility where they could remove him from Australia mm-hmm. and a three-year ban. Oh. Because of the misleading information. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on him and him not wearing a mask while he had COVID? That doesn't surprise me. This is the guy who threw an entire tournament mid-peak COVID. This man does not care about the virus. Um, So, you telling me this is just, you know, the writing's been on the wall for quite some time. It's it's almost hilarious that he won't even at least keep up the image for the sake of his own career. You know, to me, it's a very small price to pay to just wear a mask. Just just follow the basic guidelines and rules. You know, you play tennis for a living, you know, like don't make this more complicated than it has to be. No one's forcing you to take the vaccine. No one's forcing you to do anything with your body you don't want to do. Just throw on a mask, dude. you know, super easy thing to do. Um I'm not super passionate about the virus. I'm not like, no vaccine. And I'm not like, you better have the vaccine. I don't feel either way. I just put my mask on. <laughs> it, it costs nothing. My my profession, my job said, hey, we're going to give you this dollar amount if you just get the vaccine. I went, sold. <laughs> like, I just did it. you know. So to me, if I'm a guy who's getting well over a million dollars per tournament when I win them, multi-million dollar endorsements, and all I got to do is put on a mask. I'm already wearing logos all over my body anyway for other things that don't mean anything to me. The least I could do is put on a mask. So if Djokovic is banned for three years, it's kind of on him to me. Now, that's going to be the next point. Yeah. Uh, first off, before I get to that point, I'm not a medical doctor. Yeah. But how many times can you get the COVID? He gotten it once already. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's just you stated mm-hmm. in peak covid condition yeah and now he's claiming he got it again Mm -hmm. so again i'm not a medical doctor but i don't know there's a lot of fishy yeah uh information there Mm. but now since you brought it up let's talk about the people that are making comments Mm -hmm. first we'll start with muguruza she said um i haven't heard this yeah she said that it's not fair for him to be treated in this way and just because he's a higher up player mm. that he's getting preferential preferential treatment mm. whereas the lower players they have to go through the guidelines and everything mm. and he doesn't have to yeah what are your thoughts on that i mean i get what she's saying you know um he's getting treated like he's the best player in the world um he's getting privileged treatment he Clearly doesn't have the vaccine. He clearly doesn't care about it. Clearly is not concerned with anyone else but himself and his own belief system. And, you know, he he lied. Um, those are the facts. And any other player outside the top, maybe even 20, would be out of here. Like, see you later. At least in Australia. Adios. You know, we'll see you next time. 
So it is a little unfair. But, you know, if you want me to play the opposite uh, perspective, these tournaments sell tickets. He makes money. He is the Michael Jordan of the Australian Open. He is, when you see the word Australian Open, the next thing you see next to is the word Djokovic. It's a priority to have him there. This is the closest thing to Nadal at the French Open we've seen in tennis in the last 20 or 30 years. Yeah. It's the closest thing. Yeah. Um, of course, you're going to prioritize it if you're a tennis or an event coordinator. You have to. Your goal should be to make sure this man's there, he's playing his best tennis, and he's in center court. That's your job. If you run the Australian Open, that's at the top of your list of things to do. Um, that guy who's probably going to lose in the first round, who cares if he even shows up? That's that's the honest truth. So from that perspective, from a business perspective, I'm going to do what I can to get that man in my tournament. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Otherwise, this becomes the most forgettable Australian Open of the last decade. Yeah. And there's an sure. asterisk on the winner who does get the championship. So I get it. You know, it's unfair, you know, but it makes perfect sense. So. Yes. And now we go to Nick Kyrgios, who was hilarious. Mm-hmm. He was all... I definitely don't want to play him right now. Now, this is a guy who who his career, mm-hmm. he's been, I'm 2-0 mm-hmm. against Djokovic. He knows he's going to be 2-1. Him. I own him. I can beat him. Mm-hmm. But now, all of a sudden, he's all he's been treated unfairly. Mm-hmm. He's going to come out with everything. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to play him. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Kyrgios' statements? That's an honest man, because... Djokovic, when he's not angry, is a monster at the Australian Open. He's about to come out there and hit that ball like it's the government. (laughs) He's going to be so pissed off at this tournament. I am excited. This is the most anticipating I've ever seen or been to see Djokovic play. I want to see the the infuriated, fired up frustrations of Djokovic out on the court. Because he's either going to play the best tennis of his career or he's going to plummet. So I'm excited to see it. And the fact that Kyrgios, who's prided himself on belittling Djokovic, although he is an absolute legend, finding little little details to exploit about Djokovic, even he's like, look, man, not this time. <laughs> you know, and I also want to, you know, acknowledge it seems like Kyrgios is kind of backpedaling on a lot of things he said in the past about multiple athletes. Yes. Um, He seems to be a little more grounded and humble um, at this phase in his career where, you know, he openly said like, hey, you know, me and Djokovic used to be friends, you know, and then he said me and Djokovic used to work out together. Djokovic actually was one of the first people to step forward and tell me he would help me out with things. He said uh, Djokovic actually during the brush fires in Australia, Djokovic was one of the few people who didn't have to step in, but did step in and help contribute to helping Australia. He had a lot of very positive things to say before saying he thought media was responsible for why him and Djokovic don't see eye to eye and are no longer friends or in contact, which is not true. He said actual disrespectful things. Yes. So it's like, I, I can't say this is media's fault, but it does seem like he's almost trying to quietly reach out for the friendship again. Like, hey, Djokovic. I don't know about all that. Sorry, bro. <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. Um, but I, I would like to see them play each other before they try to bro up again and become friends or something like that. So Now, Nick Kyrgios has been a positive figure when it comes to COVID. He's all, okay, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Yeah. 
he got tested positive for COVID a day ago and he had to withdraw from uh, Sydney, mm. a warm-up tournament prior to the Australian Open. Mm. So it's hard to say if he's even going to be able to play. Yeah. And then here's a big, big question. With all this, with Djokovic, he doesn't have the time on court to practice. Mm-hmm. You've had all these players practicing, whereas Djokovic doesn't really have enough time. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the Australian Open starts next Sunday, mm-hmm. and there's been players playing tournaments yeah. and practicing, and Djokovic is barely going to start practicing now. Yeah. Do you think that's a big factor? In my opinion, yes. Um, you got someone like Nadal who's you know did a full tune-up tournament and is um, pretty much ready to rock and roll. Only thing missing now is him stepping on the court for round one or two. So, you know, that's a totally complete opposite setup to the way Djokovic is going to be walking in almost cold turkey into this tournament. And he's going to have to really find his game as he works his way through this draw, which, you know, the best of the best can do that. But you shouldn't have to rely on that. You know, it's going to be very tough. He, I hope he has a pretty light draw in the beginning so he can really find his ground and bearings and get used to the conditions because it's a disadvantage. Flat oh, yeah, out, it's a sure. big disadvantage. So we'll see what happens. You know, all it takes is one weird first round or second round to really set you back a little bit. So yes, and uh, if you guys want to look the actual timeline, timeline, you can look it up online. Mm. I just did a, a quick review mm. because we don't have enough time, obviously. Mm. So <clears throat> now going to Rafael Nadal. Mm-hmm. Now before when he was in the encampment. Mm -hmm. or the hotel he said he made a choice Mm -hmm. it's on him i feel sorry but i'm not truly sorry Mm -hmm. he made a decision to not get vaccinated and he knew what he was getting into yeah so this was when Djokovic was detained for hours and wasn't able to leave that hotel Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on rafael nadal's comment rafael nadal did say it in a way that I can agree and disagree with, which is he said, look, you know, we're tennis players and we knew months in advance that you're going to have a very hard time playing in all the tournaments without a vaccine. That's just a fact that we know in advance. As a tennis player, if you choose to not get the vaccine, you are acknowledging that you're going to have a much harder time traveling and playing in all these different countries tournaments, you know, and he said, and now Djokovic is facing, you know, the repercussions of his actions for that or his inaction, I should say. So, Nadal seems to be very much, look, I'm not a doctor. I just know how to hit a tennis ball. I did what they asked me to do. I come and I play my tournaments. I do what they want so I can do what I want to do. Djokovic seems to be a bit more of a free thinker, uh, independent thinker. You know, he doesn't want to rely on just the thoughts of doctors or whatever, whatever it may be. You know, he's like Kyrie Irving. Um, so, you know, they're, they're very opposite opinions on this. So... I don't think either one of them are wrong, you know, but I think Nadal's 1000% right. You know, these are the rules and stipulations that have been given to your profession. You don't have to follow them, but if you don't, you're going to face some inconveniences, and that's what's happening. Me personally, I I don't think the vaccine's a big big deal, you know. I if I'm Djokovic and I'm this close to changing history and being the greatest player of all time, I'm gonna probably get that needle put in my shoulder. That's just that's just what I'm gonna do. So that's how I feel. Sissy Pass also didn't be- believe in it. He questioned it, mm-hmm. but he's in Australia. Yeah, there you go. And 
<clears throat> that's a typical response of Nadal. Mm-hmm. He's a very transparent person. Mm-hmm. When you hear him talk about his game, mm-hmm. he's very transparent. Very. And and he tells it how it is. Mm-hmm. And he's a I don't want to say he's black and white, mm-hmm. but that's just the way he is. So yeah. I'm actually not surprised in that response by Nadal. Yeah. And semantics aside, he's he's right. Mm-hmm. So he knew what he was getting into. Yeah. And cry me a river. Yeah. You know? Now the last um <clears throat> opinion which is an interesting one is murray Mm. he he said a couple days ago that it's becoming a sideshow and annoying Mm. he said that it's putting a bad name into tennis Mm. and that the people that followed the rules and got vaccinated are now being subject to answering Djokovic questions and it gets tiring Mm. what are your thoughts on murray's statement it's media, man. You know, it it doesn't matter if you have a vaccine, you got mono. It don't matter what's going on. If people care what you have to say and the hot topic is that player over there, you're going to talk about it when you do press or media. It doesn't matter. This is just the story of media. Whatever the hot topic is, they're going to ask you about it because that's what people are clicking on. You're a professional tennis player, man. I'm sorry. You know, right now, COVID's the hot news. You're going to talk about it. When mental health was the hot news, you were going to talk about it. When John McEnroe back in the day was the hot topic, they're going to ask you about it if you know him. You know, it's just what it is. So it, it it's annoying. It's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm interested in hearing what Murray has to say about this. That's just the truth. If I see a headline saying Murray's thoughts on the current vaccination issues with Djokovic, I'm probably going to click on it. It's just a fact. You know, if it says Murray's opinions on the bachelor at season seven, I'm probably not going to click on it because it's not a hot topic. I don't care about that. So, you know, media are asking the right questions. You know, they're asking what they think people are interested in. Murray knows this. Is it annoying for him? Sure. Are you getting paid multi millions of dollars to hit a ball? Yes. This is why you are, you know, because they are able to create this content and keep us interested. So I don't care. Now, Murray is a pro vaxxer. He's always been Mm -hmm. in the beginning. He was saying, let him in. Mm -hmm. He's going to make the tournament. As you just stated, he's the champion. We want to beat the champion. Yeah. And now it's it's annoying. Yeah. These questions are just getting super annoying and I'm tired of it. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on what he said about? What Djokovic is doing is putting a bad name on tennis. I disagree. I disagree with that. I don't think that Djokovic can put a name on tennis because of his own personal beliefs in vaccines. I totally disagree with that. If you want to talk about what's putting a bad name on tennis, it's people miscommunicating with their governments. You know, that is a bad look. It makes tennis seem unorganized that their number one player in the world is having trouble like... Whether he plays in the tournament or not is fine, but we should know this before he lands with that plane, you know? That's the key. If they want to be very strict with COVID protocol, cool. If you guys want to be a little loose for your best players, make it smooth, you know? Keep it simple. There should not be any gray area with this stuff where even Djokovic doesn't know if he's going to play or not. That's dumb as hell. So I definitely look down on them for that mistake they made. Uh, I'm going to go with yes because it is, as you stated, yes. Craig Tilly made a huge mistake, mm-hmm. not telling the government. Yeah. And then 
Djokovic, we don't know about the falsification yet mm-hmm. because it, it's an ongoing investigation. We'll find out in a couple of days. Yeah. But it's him not wanting to release if he was vaccinated or not mm-hmm. or what he was doing in December mm-hmm. that makes it a big deal. Yeah. Now that puts a bad name in on him for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's annoying. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they have to bend the rules for him. Mm-hmm. It could. I can see that mm-hmm. being a bad taste in the mouth for sure. Yeah. So that's where I'll go. Can you imagine Djokovic is banned from the Australian for three years? Nadal and CC Power win the French for the next two or three years. Wimbledon is a mixed bag that probably goes to a few big servers, and then Djokovic is relying on the U.S. Open to break his record. Now here's the thing, though, with with the vaccination going on. Mm-hmm. The only place where he could play is the French Open. Mm. Wimbledon, they, they want you to get vaccinated in the U.S., obviously. Mm-hmm. So the French Open is the only one. Mm. So Djokovic better... He's got to figure it out. Yet figure it out or somehow work exemptions. I don't mm. know how, but he's in a deep puddle of trouble for he could, sure. He should be winning two slams this year, but he's going to lose to a vaccine. That's what's going to beat him this year on the tennis court. So it would be a sad story if he misses out on his groundbreaking achievements because of a little needle in his shoulder. And I'm a Djokovic hater, so I'm happy. (laughs) I'm not complaining. Yes. (laughs) So um, we'll see, man. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, that concludes this episode. And I hope you guys were entertained. Congrats, Team Canada. Uh, Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations.